Welcome in, Bills Mafia, to another episode of the Mafia Cast. I'm your host, Ronnie, joined, of course, by my co-host, Casey. What's up, Casey? It's not a victory Monday, but it's still a Monday. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, and being a Monday, I hit, you know, go live, and it said in broadcast, and then it said go live. So I hit go live, and it says in broadcast, just back and forth. So if you saw me and then you didn't, <laughs> it's a Monday. We're joined here today by uh, Kristen. How are you? Good. How are you guys tonight? Well, I mean, I could be a little bit better with it, like you said, with a big dub, but, you know, we can't get that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, rough loss, definitely, uh, yesterday, and we'll definitely kind of get into that a little bit. Uh, before we do, though, it is November. It's a new month, and that's why Kristen is here to talk about the charity of the month for the Bills Mafia Babes. What you got going on? Yeah, we got a. We actually got a few things going on this month. Um, so we started working with uh, Mission 22. Um, they are, uh, they're a really neat charity. Um, and we really wanted to focus on them this month specifically because they, they work with veterans, um, and the veterans families to just giving supporting them in multiple different ways. But we wanted to work with them specifically this month to also honor veterans day, which is coming up. Um, so we're doing some work with them. Um, Spencer Brown has supported them before in the past. So that's why we selected them as our charity of the month. So any of the funds that we raise this month, whether people just donate to the PayPal that we've got set up that is connected to the 501, or we've got, um, you know, we sell the different merch items through 26 and proceeds of that go. Um, Big Berry Bean that we've got with Resurgence, you know, if you pick up uh, a four pack of that or a pint of that in the brewery, a buck of that sale goes to that as well. So a bunch of things we got going on there. And then on a separate note of a, a little bit of a separate project that we're doing, is uh, we partnered with um, ECMC, Austin Air, <clears throat> the Jordan Poirier Foundation, and the Buffalo Bills this month to work with, on a initiative where we're going to be um, providing 210 families that are dialysis patients within uh, ECMC with a Thanksgiving dinner. So um, there's a lot of things that when you you really get in. So a little bit of backstory on that. For those that don't really know too much about dialysis, dialysis is you know where the the kidneys are starting to fail, you can't clean your blood properly. And a lot of that times, um, people that are on those those um, dialysis or in dialysis are because they're waiting on transplants of some sort. Um, so you got to think that there's going to be massive with that. And they're, they're really kind of, um, they're having to give up normal life things, like being able to afford fancy you know, Thanksgiving dinners or even any Thanksgiving dinner at all, just to make sure that those funds go to, to survival. So um, we're partnering with them. And basically what we're going to be doing is um, in the middle of this month, right before Thanksgiving, uh, we'll be over there with some of the Bills players. Um, we are accepting donations. So if you go to our, our Twitter page, I'm going to push it back out again tonight because I know it's fallen down the timeline a little bit. Um, but we have a link to an Amazon wish list where you can actually just pay to have some different items, whether it's canned vegetables, cranberry sauce, you know, chicken broth, stuffing makings, all that type of stuff. goes right over to Austin Air. And then um, before Thanksgiving, we're going to be boxing those up. So each box is going to be a meal and uh, delivering those to those dialysis patients. So um, just making sure that we're, we're make, you know, we're getting food on the tables of those in the community that really need it this season. 
you guys are incredible. This is <laughs> yeah, this awesome. is absolutely <laughs> insane what you guys do. It's it's mind blowing. I mean, just for somebody to just to care so much about their community, yeah. you know, um, let let alone all the you know famous people um, just to do. It. I mean, it's it's just, it's just so cool. I I followed you guys for years and. It's it's amazing just to be able to talk to you for you to be on our podcast and we can't thank you enough for that and obviously everything you do for the Buffalo community. Thank you. You know, it, it's it's just something that I've always kind of moved through life that the way to live your life is to do good by others, right? I mean, karma is a very real thing, but even more than that, I think it's just the way that that's really how you how life is meant to be lived. You know, you're not supposed to really live life where you just focus on yourself. There's billions of people on this planet and everybody a helping hand at some point so just doing something small or you know being able to donate a little bit here and there and, and do a little bit of extra work um i think it just makes this world so, a so much better place for everybody you know? for sure passing it forward is what it's all about absolutely yeah. i love that bill's mafia has really embraced that over the years and i just think that it's bill's mafia is unique in that it's kind of like where those were those jocks from high school that were also like the nice jocks on the block, you know, right? Yep, absolutely. They stuck up for the nerds, you know, yeah. the, like the people that were getting pushed in the lockers are like, what are you doing? Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what is this, you know? Yeah, and I just think it's so unique that like Bill's Mafia makes being kind cool. Like, yes. you know, it's a cool thing to do. And I just think that that's so special. And especially we've seen that now starting to leak out into other fan bases, you know. Um, there's that, uh, oh my gosh, that that girl that my heart is just with her all the time, but Sophia out of uh, Olean, a little bit south of here, that's got that cancer that's so yeah. It's like one in five million have it. Um, and I did see that, you know, they've got a GoFundMe set up for her, and that started going viral through the Dolphins fan base, through the Chiefs Kingdom, even Patriots Nation. And you go to her GoFundMe, and it's literally hundreds of fans from other fan bases giving back just because of the things that Bill's Mafia has done, you know, over the years for Tua and the Children's Mercy in Kansas City and and Patriots fans. They just hopped onto it, which was unique in itself, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I love seeing it start to spread a little bit as well. Well, you yeah. have yourself to thank for that. I mean, you're, you're the queen of this entire thing, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome, and I think <clears throat> on a day like yesterday and and today, given you know what transpired from the the, the football game, mm -hmm. I think this is a perfect timing to come on the show today and talk about this because it reminds us that football is football. There are far more things, more important things out there, uh, and you guys at the Bills Mafia babes and a lot of the Bills Mafia fans do a fantastic job in reminding people what's really important. So it's super super cool, and you know, Case and I were talking earlier. This is one of our favorite things to do now, um, and being able to to shed this light and you know maybe a bigger spotlight on what these players are doing off the field because, man, I tell you, some of the tweets I've seen in the last twenty four hours directed at some of the players are not. <laughs> I wish people would remember that they are human and they make mistakes and they're they do see it. So, don't you wish players could? on my filters. I'm getting a, a workout these last couple of days. I feel like. <laughs> season, you know, whether I'm muting people or words, but I mean, I just, the negativity sometimes coming out of these games, I mean, we, it was sloppy, it wasn't pretty, you know, it wasn't a win, and we, it, I think we were all expecting one, but man, at the end of the day, like, some of these people, they're just kids, you know, like, some yeah. of these guys are 22, 23, and like, 
like you said, they're still human, dude. Like they're still going home and eating dinner and they're cooking dinner just like we do at night, you know? And it's just, it's rough to see people forget that, that human element. <clears throat> people really forget the human element sometimes and it's frustrating. But Absolutely. Yeah. Ronnie, do you want to segue into what you want to talk about or? <laughs> as far as the, uh, uh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect, honestly, perfect timing because um, as much as I love Bill's Mafia, and I will never say that some people don't deserve to be part of Bill's Mafia because everybody handles things differently, and that's fine. I get it. But holy crap. Like, I don't like seeing when somebody says, makes a comment, asks, asks a question, and then just get attacked. Like, and by fellow fans coming at them, calling them names, making it personal, like, you're an idiot for believing it this way or that way or whatever. Um, it seems like the, a lot of people's favorite thing is, Tell us you don't watch football without telling us you don't watch football. I see that all the time now. It's like a thing. Um, and it's so annoying. And I just wish that the fans would just stop doing that, like support each other. Like, you know, some people are going to have a bad day now because of it, and they're they're frustrated, they're upset, and they, they, they do let the game affect them more than maybe they should. But that's just how it is. So the people who aren't affected that way, just lift them up and be like, hey, it's cool. You know, we're going to be fine. Yeah, it wasn't the best game don't come at them for their opinion of what went wrong or, you know, people attacking the players because Gabe Davis doesn't make a catch. Or um, I even saw one tweet today where somebody was like, was that Quisenberry that missed that block that got Allen injured? Who cares? It, it, it That happens. And it's a freak thing. It wasn't anybody's fault. Um, and I, I just really, really want the fans, Bill's Mafia, and any team in general don't hate on each other, man. Just because they don't agree with your opinion, it's just an opinion. You can have a debate, that's fine, but don't take it personal and start calling them names and stuff. And I, that kind of thing just drives me crazy. I, and I hate to see it. And I, if you looked, if I, if you could like dig into my Twitter and see how many people I've blocked just <clears> this year, because I didn't really do a whole lot of Twitter until this year, it's in the hundreds. Because I, I just don't put up with it. Like if you're gonna talk to me that way, bye. I'm not gonna bother. Um, and I, I just, yeah, that's my rant. I just wish that people would would chill and relax on one another. Absolutely. We're all here for the same reason. We all, we're all because we love the bills. So if someone's a newer fan or doesn't quite understand, you know, like the X's and O's or entirely what's going on, you know, they miss something that is big news, but you know, you had a busy day and you don't, you just don't see it. You weren't able to hop online. You don't have to be berated for it, for it and stuff like that. I see it on Facebook all the time, all the time. Yeah. Just like you see it on Twitter, I and I feel the same way as you. I hate it. I don't understand why people have to go down to that level. Oh, you're an idiot. You're not a true fan. You're this. You're that. It's like, dude, like relax. Yeah, you know, I I totally get it. I totally agree because I I get so frustrated with it all, man. I mean, football's such a complicated game, and like if somebody's asking a question to try and better their knowledge, why why is it so more important to knock them down? Like answer the yeah. question. Kind, it's not hard, or just keep scrolling. You know, you don't, you don't need to take time out of your day and theirs to to throw neg more negativity in the world. There's enough of that that already exists. You know, it, there's so much about it. And then, like we were just saying, like the attacks on the players are insane. The attacks on the fans, even just like the gatekeeping into the fan base drives me insane. Yeah. I don't care if somebody became a Bills fan an hour ago. Or somebody's been here for the last fifty years, like. The end of the day, like it, it just doesn't. 
it doesn't matter to me. We all love the Bills, and whether you're here because we just, you know, we just traded and took Naheem Hines from the and you lost your 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 head coach a couple of days later, and that's why you want to be a Bills fan now. Come on in. If it's because you know you're you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you don't agree with what the organization did by bringing in Deshaun Watson. Great, come on over. Like I don't understand what yeah. the part is. Like let people like what they want to like, and frankly, like that's just going to make the party even that much more fun. You know, when we make it to the Super Bowl or if we win a Super Bowl someday, like it's going to be even more electric and loud. Like why why exclude people from that? Can you imagine just having like a table of 15 people politely clapping when you won the Super Bowl because you've been asking every other person or you're like, you can pack or you can have like blocks and blocks and blocks of people jumping up and down and screaming and be happy. Like, I don't care if they were there 15 minutes ago. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't well, it's, it's kind of like the, like the reason you told us the first time you're on the podcast as to why you started the Mafia Babes Facebook page. So yeah. you didn't get that beratement from, you know, uh, guys and like other people that were just like, oh, you're an idiot. You're a girl and this and that. It's the same thing. The exact same thing. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm actually going to read something that I, I typically don't, um, I don't, we don't really bring to light. Um, and I'm going to put it up here. We don't. We have a, a kind of a strict policy that whatever is posted in the babes stays in the babes. You know, screenshots aren't allowed, whatever. But I think that this is important for the world to hear. And I'm not going to tell whose family, like which player's family member that this is from, because that will remain, you know, that'll be anonymity. anonymity. I can't speak tonight. I'm so tired. An anonymity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. That. But um, this was something that one of the players' family members posted um, this morning. And just said, hi, babes, I'm checking in. It's been, it's been a while. I used to engage in this group quite, quite regularly. It's so much more positive than the other groups. But alas, life is busy. I struggle with reading the negative things specifically about XXX in any group. Some days I can't even get on social media. Twitter is a cesspool, especially during Patriots Week. I totally respect people's opinions and believe everyone should write what they want. I just don't want to my they put themselves out there and I still don't want or need to read negative comments. One negative comment hits me as a family member harder than 50 positive comments. I'm sure that many family members feel the same way. Most things posted are very positive in here are very positive and every day I've met in person has been amazing. This is just a really long post to say thank you for staying. But I mean, that's coming, and you got to think too, it's not just the players, it's their family members, it's their close family and friends. Yeah. Those things they say, they do read them, they do hear them, and it does affect them. In the line where she said specifically, like, there can be one negative comment and it's going to, that's what's going to stick with them as opposed to the 50 positive comments. Negativity is always louder. And as much as that, yeah. you know, that's just the truth of it. Absolutely. You know, it, that's been on my mind all day today because I'm like, that's so, then you really see it from that other side. You really start to realize how difficult that this, it, you know, football's a tough game as it is physically. Now put in those mental components as well and having to hear people that are supposed to be in your corner cheering you on. Fine. You know what? It's fine to analyze things. It's fine to be upset about the game, but don't make it personal, man. You know, like that's yeah. where it's it just, you're crossing a line. That's why Absolutely. it really has pissed me off this year of the people who have kind of shit on Dawson Knox for not playing well. Let's see any of us lose a family member, let alone somebody 
your brother who is, was in college and you lose them and you're all of a sudden and you're, you're just supposed to go out and play normal. I understand Josh did that, that, that happened the night with his grandmother the night before the Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. Everybody deals with it differently though. And just the people that are like, oh, Knox isn't playing well. I understand he lost his brother and I understand this, but come on. It's like you don't get over that overnight or in a couple weeks or in a month. That It's something that's going to be with you for a long time. Not that it's going to affect him and his play for, for forever. But, I mean, come on, people. Like we keep saying, they're, they're still humans. They're Like you need to give these guys some leeway mm-hmm. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. And like football is their job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, your life is going to be when you have a life altering moment, like losing, like you said, a family member that is that close. And like, we've all seen like, you know, the coverage that the, the story that they did on him and his family, like years ago when he joined the team, they are such a close knit family on top of that. You know, that was a massive, massive, massive blow to that entire family. And like you said, that's not something that you can just set aside. And because, I mean, that's going to be years of therapy and months of, you know, just pain. And grief is just a totally different animal. And especially when it's not just an acquaintance or somebody that, you know, is a friend. I mean, of course, that grief is grief is grief and pain is pain. But when it's somebody that you've grown up with your entire life, you know, it's like you also feel like you lost a part of your identity, you know. Yeah. And then you have to go back to work within like a couple of weeks and be expected to still perform on on top notch, you know, and and be the the same type of performer that you were just a couple of weeks ago. It's it's foolish. It's not, you know, it I understand it's the league. I understand that it's competitive. I understand that, you know, we there are millions and millions of guys out there that are trying to work their way into the league. This is like one of the the toughest places to get yourself into in the entire planet if not this. But yeah. you gotta have a little bit more of a human aspect about it, and you gotta realize that there is, you know, <clears throat> that these are human beings and not robots. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike here. <clears throat> excuse me. Says Bills Mafia. We are one, and I know that goes back to the the one Buffalo concept too. And I, I, I wish that all of Bills Mafia would act that way. Um, like I said, I know everybody handles things differently, but don't at the players. Don't talk shit like they're out there busting their ass and i and even like the well i wish uh i saw another tweet i wish josh allen would focus more on his prep rather than these commercials um uh just stuff like that like you know these guys are cocky and they're they're you know not playing i mean it's just it's crazy and and i just have a really hard time believing that any player i don't want to say any because maybe there's a few that they don't really care about the game, but we know that's not the case with Josh Allen and, and this team. And I don't think that they walk into the stadium with that attitude that they don't care. Um, yeah, it, it's it's embarrassing to see it. And you're like, can you just remove Bill's Mafia from your bio if you're going to talk like that? Because I don't want you to be associated with what we've got here. Agreed. Kind of, kind of thing. But weren't we clamoring for years for a quarterback to be in national commercials? To be in Gillette commercials during a Patriots game, mm-hmm. I don't understand why now it's a problem. It's it's absolutely insane. Thank you, Ronnie. Um, <laughs> very odd. Um, I just don't. I I just Pete, like Mike said in our last podcast, people 
are always going to find some something to complain about. And I understand that. But there's also levels to all that. You know, there are certain things where we can all complain about the same thing. You know, we can all complain about different things. But there's certain things you just you just don't you don't bring to light. You don't you know that the players understand we lost, we played poorly. They don't need to be berated about it. They understand. Oh, they're going to beat themselves up more than anything we do. Exactly. Look at Josh Allen at the press conference. It's hard to win a football game when your quarterback plays like shit. Mm -hmm. You don't see Aaron Rodgers saying that when he's throwing passes in the dirt. You know? Which is why Allen is far more of a leader than 90% of quarterbacks in this league. Exactly. He takes ownership. I mean, for people to, like, say all this about the commercials and stuff is just absolutely insane to me. That one lit me up a little bit today because it was like, as soon as I got onto Twitter, there's like three or four people. And I was kind of like, can you actually sit and think about that for a moment? Do you think yeah. that Josh Allen is skipping out on film time to go like, you know, record a shaving commercial or a Corona commercial or whatever else he's doing at this point? No. Like those are done like in off time, downtime. That he's not losing. He's still and on top of that, like if there's one person in this league at this point, I will go far enough, one person in this league that wants it and will do anything to get it is Josh Allen. This is the man that wrote out a thousand letters to colleges just to get a shot. This is the guy that went to Wyoming just to get a shot and then just, you know, and got into the league and he wasn't even coming off the board. Nobody was really looking at him, you know? I mean, half of Bill's Mafia, we included, I wanted Josh Rosen. And then he came in here and it was like, he was now the underdog. They had to prove why he was here. This guy is hurtling men. He's, you know, he's, he does everything. He lays his body out on that line. And you want to tell me that after all of those years of working to, to go after his dream and then get here and still chase that dream, you want to tell me yeah. that he's prioritizing a shaving commercial? No. People have off days. Yeah. Let's maybe put that aside and like realize that people have off days. And let's chalk it up to that. Don't don't make excuses and blame it on other things that are bettering his life, you know? It, I saw the same thing about when he played in the golf tournament with Mahomes, Rogers, and Brady. He needs to stop focusing on golf and practice. Yeah, more. I Dude, didn't see that. What are you kidding me? I and mean, he that thing was a for charity. Mm-hmm. B and B in what was it March, April, something like that. When that is their specific downtime, they don't have any. They have nothing going on except for. I mean, the team has the draft, and yeah. you know, Allen being the leader of the team, being the quarterback, he has input. He has some sort of input on the draft. You know, this is my opinion. They kind, I'm sure they kind of run some ideas by him. And what, what, what would you think about this? What do you think about that, that situation? This guy, that guy. Mm-hmm. But he's not being like, "Hey, man, I can't talk today. I got 18 to go play." Like, <laughs> no, that, yeah. like that's. Yeah. He's not a regular person like us who can step away from life like that and be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm turning my phone off. I want nothing to do with work today. I'm going to go golf." You know, it's. Yeah, that, I, I just that yeah. um. The Free Delay commercial, I was listening to a One Bills Live, and <laughs> Chris Brown and Steve Tasker were talking about how there was like 200 people on the field for a 30-second commercial. This was back in like June or July. So you know that they're not in the games. They're not doing anything at that point. So I think you know majority of these commercials are done during that time. Um, Scott is one of our regulars here, so I'm just going to throw up a couple of his things. Because Rogers can do no wrong. 
I think people are starting to think differently this season on him. Absolutely. But, um, and then his other one, Rogers is super talented, but ain't no one can catch, catch in Green Bay. So <clears throat> basically the wide receivers, sorry, I'm still trying to get my throat back to normal here from sick, but, um, do we need to send Scott yeah, I, a dictionary? And, huh? And said, do we need to send Scott a dictionary? Ain't no, ain't no oh. one. Scott's <laughs> <laughs> <was> all right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, I guess, I guess we'll kind of get off the subject. I think we've beaten up some of the, the Bills Mafia people that are, you know, in the wrong uh, enough here. But I just want, you know, like I said, I just want the fans to, to support one another and stop with this ridiculousness. And I know that no matter what we say here, that's not going to change probably. But mm-hmm. um, but it's just not hard as as to hear, find. Yeah, just, no, it's not. And, it's a lot harder and maybe to one be. person will hear what we're saying here and be like, scrolling. You know, keep, yeah, it's better to say nothing at all. Then just keep going. Give yeah. your thumb yeah. the workout. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, I texted Casey yesterday, and I was like, "I'm having a, a fight here on Twitter," and he's like, "Oh, I already muted Twitter. I am not doing anything on any of my socials. I'm not doing any group texts." I wow. did. I, I wanted nothing to do with it because I was like, "I know what I've seen. <laughs> I know, like, I understand what happened. I I can figure out why we lost the game. I'm not here to listen to all the BS that everybody's going to start spewing because it'll just piss me off even more than the game did. So sure. why why put myself through that?" And see, I was the opposite. I was scrolling through and I was defending the team. I was like, no, this is still the best team in the league. I know they're not playing like it right now. But did we forget the first six games? I mean, this yeah. team was like unstoppable. And now all of a sudden they have a, a few bad quarters and they're not Super Bowl contenders. They're fr- Somebody said they're frauds and a couple of players are specifically frauds and they need to go. You guys may have seen the tweets. I'm not going to name the, the players that they were mentioning, but – yeah, it was. I'm. I'm. Yeah, just just block them and moving on. I'm not I'm not hearing it anymore. So my trigger today but, was the people that kept saying that we were exposed. All the just yeah, exposed us. I was like, okay, all right, we're six and two. You know, <laughs> like we're six yeah. and two. We're not three and seven. Like you know, I mean, we're still number one seed in the AFC. Like, keep yeah. complaining, please. If this is like. If this is us being bad and we're being the number one seed by we still own the tiebreaker over anybody who over the Chiefs who had the same record as us, mm-hmm. I'll I'll yeah. take that. If you could have if you would have told me we were six and two after that six game gauntlet we started the season with, mm-hmm. I I don't know anybody in Bills Mafia that would be upset. I don't do I think that they would be like, oh yeah, by the way, one of those losses is to the Jets. No, I don't think people would be happy with that, but still six and two, that's great. Yeah. 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 Scott says one bad game doesn't make or break a career. Guarantee Allen was the only player to make a mistake, which we know. Uh, Bills will be back. He's not a Bills fan for the record. He's a Vikings fan, so we might have to bring him on next week. Uh, Maybe later. Maybe, I don't know, this week, next week. We might have to bring him on. Um, Like I said, Scott's all right. He does know his stuff, but uh, (laughs) – um. Yeah, he's still he's still commenting over here. Um, I wanted to touch on this. Um, the I saw this. I don't remember who it was that tweeted this out, but I saw it. We're going to throw that up there, unfortunately. Um, and I'm putting that up there because, and I sent this to um, 
Casey earlier. But 2017, the Philadelphia Eagles lost their MVP candidate, Carson Wentz. 2018, the Patriots started off 1-2, and two, had a couple of losses against the Lions and the Jags. 2019, the Chiefs lost three out of four in the middle of the season. 2020, Bucks started 7-5 with only four games left in the season. And last year, the Rams were 0-3 in November. All of those situations would, you know, certainly look at and be like, oh, yeah, this season's done. They're, they're not Super Bowl. And every one of those went on to win the Super Bowl. This is kind of a normal thing. Like, you can't be perfect for 16, 17 straight games. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so I do think they'll get it together. They'll figure it out. Um, and I, <laughs> you, you mentioned a while ago uh, they haven't been exposed. I was listening to uh, Joe Miller this morning. And he talked about there being a book out that the Packers and now the um, the Jets have figured out as far as how to run on on Buffalo's defense. And I guess he was saying that Von Miller and uh, maybe Phillips, Jordan Phillips, I can't remember who the other one was, but they basically said that the Jets did the exact same thing up front to them that the Packers did. And that's how they were able to move the ball and run it up the middle and you know of course they were like we worked on it through the week we, we thought we'd identified you know what needs to be done and clearly that that's not the case so I think they'll figure it out I think this is just a little hiccup in the season we'll be fine we're six and two like Casey said and we'll keep rolling yeah I don't think any of us ever really expected us to go like 16 and one or have an undefeated season this year you know we're going to have a couple of games that we're going to lose and we may have one or two more that we lose but we can't Man, you'd think that after all the years of being like conditioned to losing, that we would learn how to handle ourselves a little bit better when we do, you know? Exactly. Exactly. How quickly people forget the 17 years. It's crazy. Yep. Absolutely. How quickly we forget what that feels like, you know? Holy yeah. Smoke. Just to give yeah, some I, insight, I told Ronnie today we were texting, and I was like, I got to be honest, Bill's Mafia sounds like a bunch of spoiled brats right now. We do. And it at one hundred percent. We Twitter, you would think we were all daddy's rich kids. Like there was no <laughs> there was no doubt about it. I mean and I understand. We I was talking texting a friend last night. We 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 were so used to losing and now we're getting used to winning again. We're basically having to learn to rewire our brains mm -hmm. to understand how what it's like to lose. And right. to lose a game we're not supposed to lose. Yeah. I just I don't know. I just, I just think it was it's a whole it's a whole storm. I'm just begging Bills Mafia not to act like Patriots fans did during their heyday, man. Like, can we just not like? Can we focus on never, ever, ever being like that? You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I I want to throw this up there, Mike. Please this do. is good. <laughs> I bet Michael Jordan would have been better if he wasn't focused on McDonald's and Nike. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> Something that I kind of I brought up, I brought this up to, to Casey earlier. I, I think part of some of the fans, anyways, I think there's this hunger for a Super Bowl that's so great mm -hmm. that when we don't do well, and and it's like that's all they want. They they gotta have that ring, and they're just grumpy pants until we get it. Mm -hmm. And and I wonder if, and I'll hear from you what you guys think. Josh Allen's fully aware of Bills Mafia and what a Super Bowl means to them. And he's he's said it multiple times. He's here for the Bills fans. And he wants to bring them the Super Bowl. How much of that, like, is that true pressure, do you think, on him that he goes into thinking, I've got to do this for the fans? 
and it, and maybe not just Alan, but the team as a whole. Oh, um, you go. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I want to say yes and no. I want to say it's that's a cop out. Come on. <laughs> well, it's in the back of his mind. You know, it has to be. Just like you said, because because he said it and he thinks about it. I mean, it's. But at the same time, you know, like I mean. I, I played sports. You guys have played sports. Once you get in the game, you stop thinking about everything. You know, you're focused on what you're doing. And yesterday, I'm sure, like, at the end of the game, he was like, God damn, this is just one step that kind of put us back from achieving that ultimate goal and winning a Super Bowl. And But when, going into Sunday, I, which I think he will be playing, he I he's going to be like, all right, who cares about the Super Bowl? It's what it's one or no every week. It's one or no. It's one or no. It's one or no. You know that that's the whole team's mentality. So it's I, it's hard to say. I I would say no overall. I would say that it's not as much pressure probably in the regular like once the games start. Um, I'd say going into the season, leading up to the season, you know maybe going into the playoffs, you know, and then it starts kind of creeping up on you a little bit. I mean, like, all right, now we're here. Now it's time to do this, time to finish the job, you know. Um, so that, that's my opinion on it. I think um, I, I agree with you, but I think that there's a difference between feeling pressure because I look at pressure as being more of like a negative thing, like a stressor. I think that this is more fuel for him, you know. Like when you're going into – obviously he wants it bad. You know, all of those guys want this badly. Um, they're competitors. Wow. Like, that's what they do. You know, they're competing to win. But I think when you've got this very, very storied history behind the team, you know, because none of these guys grew up in Orchard Park. Then None of them grew up in Buffalo. You know, they're a lot of them weren't Bills fans. I mean, it, obviously, we're a very storied – we're almost famous for the, the pain that we've been through over the last 30 years. But – it's, it's, they know about that, but I don't feel like there was a personal connection with it until they got into Buffalo. And I think once they really get immersed into the team and they get immersed into the fan base and they're out in the community, I think that it starts to hit home a little bit more that we want it just as badly as they do, if not more, you know? And I don't feel like that it's, that's a pressure or a, a stress sort of, you know, style thing. I think that that's fuel because like, when you really care about a community or people that are around you, you want to do everything possible for them. And that's really, I think, what they probably start to feel about us is that they want to provide that Super Bowl. They want to be on that team. And they also know how crazy Bill's Mafia is and what that party's going to look like after. You know, like, who wouldn't want to be involved in that when the day comes? Like, it's going to be off the chain, you know? Same thing with Von Miller. I mean, Von Miller's got a ring, but that's, you know, they're always hungry for more. You know, they're always hungry for more. And the fact that, you know, when he came in and, and did that, you know, Dear Buffalo video and referenced that. Now, whether that was, you know, a, a PR thing where media put that together for him or not, he still said those words. And you can tell in that yeah. video that he meant them, you know, mm -hmm. like, burn it all. Like, yeah, you get it. Like, I still get chill. Like, I still get choked up and teary-eyed when I think about that video when I watch it. I probably watch it once every other week still because, like, that's <laughs> like, you know. But I will say this. I will be beyond jealous of the both of you when we get that Super Bowl because you're going to be the, the parade. <laughs> oh, so no doubt. 
You're gonna have to get pictures, videos, send them to me. <laughs> Why don't you fly like out? Part of it. How about that? What? I said, how about you fly out? Mm-hmm. We need literally yeah. every single Bills fan to be here for it. Like, I'll tell. I mean, it's gonna be. It's in my neighborhood. I live on the parade route, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous. You know, I was like, I'm camping in your backyard. By the city, burned. Like you know. <laughs> Like, I've got oh some things. I've got some, you know, fireproof bags because my house is 105 years old. Like, you know. Well, I'm, I'm camping in your backyard. That's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I'll shower with a uh, hose. I don't care. Scott yeah. here. <laughs> You're going to get there. Don't lie. Uh, maybe. I mean, who knows? Dude, I'll we'll start see. a GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. Mike here, Bills Mafia Unite, show them we deserve it. I, I tell you what, I, our, as much as we kind of been talking about in this podcast about some of the Bills Mafia who we're, you know, we have some some issues with, as a whole, there is no fan base like this. And in the NFL, in any sport, maybe overseas and soccer can rival it. You know, oh, yeah. it's kind of big over there. But those as far as the U.S. goes, it's it is insane. I you know you don't hear a whole lot of other players talking about <clears throat> you know their fan bases and winning it for them. Like I watch the Rams home games sometimes when they're on prime time or whatever, and I'm thinking I would hate to play for the Rams. Like half of your stadium is the other team. Like that's gotta suck. And if it's not the other team, it's empty. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, that it was always Mafia, we go play anywhere, and half of the states with them. <laughs> Look, and when the Chargers were playing in the LA Coliseum, they were like, "This is sad." Looking at all the empty yeah. seats in one of the most historical stadiums in the world, basically, and they were like, "There's ten thousand people here to see us play." Like, what is that? Are you kidding me? I mean, but to be honest, I didn't even know there was ten thousand Chargers fans, but. <laughs> <laughs> it is sad. And then, you know, I mean, even even in New Jersey this last, you know, on Sunday, when I tell you we took over, every stadium that I've been in this season, we have completely just taken over. We just washed them out, you know, it's, but mostly L.A. L.A., there was 100%. It, was, it had to been like 40% Bills fans and 60%. And you got to think that that's li the literal opposite coast, you know? There's that's, not much further you can go from Buffalo to, to LA, you know, New York City to LA, and that's the furthest that you could get from here. <clears throat> and we still wash them out. It was wild. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, yeah I, I love our fan base. Even after reading some of the comments on Twitter, I still love you all. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, injury on Allen, this is put in quotes because there's really not much of an update. Uh, McDermott said today they're basically evaluating it still. They'll know more within, I think, within 24, 48 hours, of course. Um, but to Casey's point earlier, if there was a real issue, I think we'd probably know it by now. I I agree. I mean, I think I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't. You physically are not throwing a 70-yard pass if you tore a ligament in your arm. Mm -hmm. I understand Josh is a true competitor and he'll do whatever it takes, whether it hurts him or not. But he wouldn't have been able to get the ball there on a rope perfectly and hit Gabe Davis directly in the chest. That's not, It's just not physically possible. I was on Twitter today. I was looking at banged up bills. And 
what he said was based the way he was shaking his arm it's basically they're going to go in for the x-rays and or, um, scans whatever they whatever they're doing to see if there's any underlying issues because it, he goes it kind of seemed to me that it was more so like when you hit your funny bone you just kind of lose that feeling and you know your arm's awkward and you're shaking it and your hand's a little tingly i think this is getting a little bit blown out of proportion to what it really is um just like just like usual I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. We're great overreactors. Um, I just, I don't think that this is something serious. Uh, they would know. I think something would have already been said, already been done, if this was, if he needs the Tommy John surgery like everybody's claiming he's going to need. Um, it's not the Stafford situation. Josh is fine. He's a tank. He grew up using his forearms and his shoulders and his elbows doing like on the farm you know he's used to that kind of stuff that like that that's one of the reasons why he has a cannon he used he's used those muscles his entire life and those ligaments his entire life yeah i don't know I'm, I'm a little bit on the other side i think that i'm glad that they're doing this deep evaluation do i think it was like a season-ending injury no because i we wouldn't have seen that 70-yard bomb in the next play right do I think it could be more serious than we're thinking it is? Yeah, because of Josh Allen being so competitive and being so – it's going to take – it would basically need to be like his leg needs to be amputated to get that man off a field is the way that I see it. You know, like he's never, yeah. ever – he's going to do whatever it takes. And I think that that's part of the Josh Allen experience here is that if he's out there, he could have a, a fracture. Who was it last – it was – Oh, my bad for that reaction. It was Beasley, didn't he? Like he, last year, he was out there playing on like a broken tibula or something crazy, like a torn yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, broken leg throughout the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and I could see Josh <laughs> doing that. Now, can I see him doing it during the middle of a season? Maybe if he thinks the season's going to completely go downhill and, and, you know, fastball them into a world where, you know, we're, we're not going to be Super Bowl favorites or we could miss the playoffs, I could see him trying to push through it. But I'm just hoping that I, mean, I trust the doctors to do the right thing, and I trust our, our coaching staff to do the right thing. That you know, I I look at it that if we he does have to get sat for a couple of weeks to make sure that he doesn't aggravate. You know, he had a UCL issue in twenty was it twenty twenty that he missed a couple of games for it. So this could have been a reaggravation of that. I think it was twenty. I think it was his his rookie year, wasn't it? Rookie year. Was yeah, it and they yeah, said, yeah, I think he played like four games, and then he was out for three or four after that. Four, four games again. Wait, yeah. and the, like you said, Kristen, it was the it's the same arm, it's the same exact thing. It could be a reaggravation. I just want to make sure that they're overly, overly careful with him because that's first of all, that's yeah. a two hundred fifty-eight million dollar elbow, right? And Literally, like, you know, and we need to preserve that for a long, 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 long time. And let's just have yeah. Like if it's going to take a couple of uh, two, three games, I saw somewhere today that that's again, another, just another weird parallel between our nineties bills and the two, 2022 bills. Cause remember when um, Jim Kelly had to go out for a couple of games and then that's when Frank Wright came in, the biggest comeback happened. And then it just like threw him into like that. It was like a, a train that wouldn't stop moving after that. Once Kelly got back and it took us right into a Super Bowl. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe it's the same thing, but I'm okay with that. We've seen that happen before, and we've still made it there. If we have to go out for a couple of weeks, do it now. 
do it now. I, away. Stay and against an NFC team, this is one that that's where this is kind of working out at working out. I take that term loosely, but that it, this is a game to where this is probably the most meaningless game that we're going to play or one of because it's an NFC team. I understand that it's a good team. We want to beat them. You know, we want to get back on track, but this isn't going to do much for us. Like if we, if we do sit them and something happens and we lose Ronnie, I understand it, it might not, it's going to knock give us another loss and it might knock us out of being the number one seed right now, but I'd rather lose now and get yeah. Josh back in December and get out with that. Roll. I, I wouldn't say it's a meaningless game, though. <laughs> no, but you know, but yeah. I'm saying compared so, to at least it's not a division game or a game against you know the T, the Chiefs, the Titans, the right, Ravens, right. the Bengals. But let I mean, me ask you this: season, you know, for both of you going into the Vikings game, because I've been <clears throat> I've been thinking about this all day long. Casey Keenum was 13 and three in one season as a starter with the Vikings. Took him to the playoffs. So it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. It's not like he's a bum out there. With the talent that's on this team and the Vikings coming to Orchard Park, Scott's not going to like this, but I think the Bills can handle them in, at home with Casey Keenum on the, on, the, on the team. I mean, I know the Vikings are 6-1, 7-1, whatever it is. They got one loss. But they haven't won any game by any comfortable margin, and they're not necessarily, a, you know, all-star Hard teams runners. that they're beating either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the one team that they beat that has any kind of anything was the Dolphins, but that was without Tua, which I'm going to go on record now and saying I was wrong about Tua. The guy's playing lights out right now. Agreed. <laughs> but but so in that game, it was Bridgewater. So I, I think the Bills – Albeit they would obviously be in better shape with Allen. I'm not making any kind of crazy comparisons between Allen and, and Keenum. But I think this team would be fine. And, and if Allen needs to sit for a couple weeks to let that elbow get 100%, then I'm with you. Do it. Let Casey carry the Keenum, not this Casey here, because I don't no, think so you can do it, week. buddy. Oh, <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I think we, we could survive uh, a, couple of, a couple of games uh, without him. Now think about it this way: with Allen out, that would change the offensive game plan. You know, it, it has to. You know, you're it's a completely different quarterback, completely different abilities. Would that? I mean, would do you guys think that that might be kind of good because it would make Ken Dorsey open up the playbook in different ways, to where it makes us use the running backs a little bit more. I'm not saying it's like better, but it's. I think it would be something different, and I think it would maybe instill more confidence in Singletary and Cook and Hines to where they're like, all right, now we have to use you guys. Like, this is like we, you need to step up a little bit more. Like, you're more important to the offense at, at, at this time. Or am I just freaking nuts right now? Well, you are nuts, but besides that, um, it's a good point. And, and I'm glad you actually brought it up because it's something I've been hearing a lot today with in regards to Ken Dorsey and his play calling. It's like it's it's almost like he has tunnel vision. It's it's Allen and Diggs, Allen and Diggs. Like what happened to, to, to Dawson Knox? What happened to Shakir? What happened to McKenzie Singletary? I, I, I'm glad that we're seeing Cook getting a little more involved, but even still – it's like every play, they're just trying to to pick up 15, 20, 30 yards a, a clip. And 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a, a Dorsey thing. I don't know if it's an Allen thing. I don't know if it's the whole team thing. I, I have no idea, but this offense does look different. And it almost reminds me of Allen's first couple of years, especially his rookie year when he was just launching mm -hmm. bombs <laughs> and making Robert Foster a household name. He's just got better players around him to do it with. I'm excited to see Hines a little more. I'm Me too. So I'm yeah. really excited for Naheem Hines. I think that getting him out of India and getting him out of that, to be honest, kind of like a trash system that they had going on over there. Fire of a franchise. I'm really, really pumped to see him kind of maybe, you know, get in a groove and become a beast. Like, I think, I think he's really going to surprise a lot of us. Um, just kind of watching some of his highlight films, watching some of his techniques, some of the way that he runs routes, things like that. I've been so impressed over the last week when I started diving into him. I just don't think that he had the tools at his disposal in India, and he's got it all here. And I think that that's going to be. Um, I was losing my mind a little bit when I saw him come on the field, you know, for, in the Jets game, just for that one kick return. But still, yep. <laughs> I was so quick, you know. <laughs> I was did target him down the field too on that wheel route, and he, oh, man. And he was open. Yeah. I don't missed that one, but that was close though. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. ecstatic when we got. After I thought about, it, I was ecstatic we got Naheem Hines because everybody's like, "Well, what does this mean for James Cook?" This means James Cook is going to learn from one of the best route running running backs mm -hmm. in the league. This right. is going to make James Cook even better. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was very annoyed yesterday from again some of the fan base saying. Why, why isn't Naheem Hines in, in the game? Why isn't he playing more? Why isn't he doing this and that? The dude's been on the team for five days. So it's like he's won the team a week. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you can't – Christian McCaffrey had eight touches his first game mm -hmm. with um, San Francisco. and But those were manufactured touches right up the gut. He wasn't running routes. He wasn't – like they didn't – it was just like basically halfback slams up the A-gap. Every single time, but his athletic ability, and he's one of the best overall running backs in the league. Of course, he's going to be able to make plays and make stuff happen in that situation. But that's not yeah. Naheem Hines' game. He's a get out in space player, you know, and get him the ball that way, let him make some people miss, and use that 4 3 speed and break away. Yeah. I, I knew Scott was going to say this. <laughs> yeah. Arkansas had a good first game with five days on the roster. I get it. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Moving on, Scott. It helps when you run hook routes every time. <laughs> um, talking about Hines, do you guys envision a future where he's the number one back? I think next year it's Hines. It's going to be Hines. It's going to be Cook. And they're going to either re-sign Singletary to a cheap deal or they're going to find another cheap uh, vet. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you. I think that don't get me wrong. I mean, we all have really deep rooted love for motor, but I could see, I could see kind of Heinz taking that. Next year or this year? Next year. He's under contract through 2024. I mean, he's, he's not going anywhere. They're not going to, this isn't a rental player. You know, they got him for too cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to be, Bean isn't going to be able to flip him for a second or third round pick. I'm sorry. You know, as magical as uh, Bean is, that's that's just not going to happen. There's a reason why we were able to give up just Zach Moss and a fifth or a sixth round pick. Well, here's the only reason why I'm a little leery to say Heinz would be the number one back going into next year because I think this roster is built now in a way that that we can use that first 
pick in the draft, our number one, as a luxury pick, and maybe get the best running back in the draft finally. Like everybody, every well, not everybody, but a lot of people every year, like Buffalo needs to get Brock um, <clears throat> Brees Hall. The year before that, it was uh, Travis Etienne. And maybe next year we can actually do that and get whoever that best Sean back is. Tucker. That's two years away. You need to let it go. <laughs> I'm never letting it go. Sean Tucker. <laughs> uh, he's a sophomore, right? Yes. So he's yeah. got one more year after one this. So, year. yeah. Uh, and I don't know any of the names. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head as far as running backs coming out this draft. Uh, we'll get more into that after the season, but that's the only reason why I would say the Himes isn't the number one guy next year. But um, I could see that happening because he, he's done a good job backing up Thomas when Thomas is out or Taylor, sorry, and um, and has been you know able to produce. Mm-hmm. Who's done? I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> I throw a football over the mountains. <laughs> We don't need a quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know. <laughs> Would have been a lot better if he said Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> Run, Forrest. Um, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot today as far as score predictions for next week, uh, especially not knowing the status for a quarterback. But what do you guys think? I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think this will be the first time I will admit all season that it's going to be a close game, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, despite my opinion of the Vikings and their lack of opponents, they are a good football team. They've got a shit ton of talent on that, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, JJ. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. And I hope that Trey White comes back, but I don't. I don't envision a world where he's – playing 100% of the snaps and shadowing JJ. I just don't think that's feasible. I don't think that would be a smart move. Um, I think maybe maybe he comes down in, in crucial moments in the game just to start building that snap count up for him a little bit and start kind of getting him acclimated to, to the game again. But um, uh, Poyer, we don't know about him. In fact, I heard today he might actually be out for the season. I don't know if that's rumor or not. Who knows anymore, but – God, so what do you guys? We've lost both Micah and Poyer for the season. <gasps> <laughs> hey, Hamlin has played well. The last couple of games, uh, Jaquan Johnson's got me a little nervous. <laughs> he has not played well, um, but they did go out and, and bring in Marlowe. Um, <laughs> he's obviously no Hyde or Poyer, but he knows this defense. He's been in this league for a while, um, and I think he could maybe you know fill in that spot opposite Hamlin, but. Marlowe's not a bad overhang safety. He's not He's a not. bad safety to sit in the middle of the field and read the defense. You know, I mean, he doesn't have the speed or maybe the natural instincts that those other two have, but he he can read the defense and he can kind of judge where things are going, where things are leaning, like lean a certain way. I trust Marlowe. I, I never had a problem with it when he was in Buffalo. I just think they let him go because they were like, Dude, you've, you deserve a chance to go start in this league. Like, go do it, you know. And he and he's had that opportunity with Detroit and Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, <clears throat> I I'm excited to see White get back on the field, and I know the the stadium's going to be absolutely going nuts <laughs> if he walks out onto that field. Oh yeah, and, oh, God. yeah. <laughs> 
and I, I wish I could be there for it, but uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I got two games, not this upcoming week, but that Browns game. I cannot wait. I am so excited. <laughs> so excited. We're gonna have to link up when you're in town, Casey. Oh, absolutely. I was gonna say I'm gonna hit you up, and we're gonna. I'll figure out. Like we'll talk about tailgating and everything. We'll get oh, together yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, hell yeah. But you better send send some pics. Maybe you can Photoshop me in there or something. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, we gotta get like one of those blow up heads of you and just hold it and put it on a stick and just bring you around. Listen, I can make that happen for you. Like, Chris, and we will talk. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome, guys. I, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But yeah. we're <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. We're just under an hour. First time in forever we've managed to get under an hour, but. Um, Casey and I will be back on tomorrow, same time, 7.30 Eastern time. We'll dive a little bit more into the Vikings game. We'll talk about some other stuff. Um, Kristen, you know, I love having you come on here. This is fantastic. So uh, I love what you guys are doing with the Bills Mafia. Um, yeah, Bills Mafia, babe, sorry. And, um, yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on here. You know, I've, I've given a platform to be able to talk a little bit about, you know, how we're working, what we're doing. It, the more people that we just got to get avenues to be able to do that good, right? And so the more people that know that that's an avenue to take um, to be able to help and just do little things here and there, that's a world of, a world of good for everybody else around us. So really appreciate you guys bringing me on. It's yeah, our absolutely. pleasure. And I know I was speaking yeah. for Ronnie. This is 100% our pleasure. Yeah. And really quick, I, I don't know if you said mentioned this already, Chris, or not, but as far as the Mission 22, if anybody wants to donate, uh, you can go over to the Bills Mafia um, Babe's Twitter account, and there is a link there for the PayPal, and you can uh, you can do that. So I uh, appreciate you coming on. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, talk Thank with you. you. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you see soon. Yeah. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.